Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Let's go! This is the Big E Sports Show. On the SportsMap Radio Network. From the SportsMap Radio Studios, here's Elissa Walker-Campbell. Okay, the Big E Sports Show rolls on here in Hour 2. We're going to continue the NFL conversation. Uh, the trade deadline is now in the rearview mirror, and uh, we're going to discuss and dissect the biggest winners and losers. My producer, Sean, I wanted you to weigh in on this. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from what went down on Tuesday night? My biggest takeaway is that the Miami Dolphins are going for it this year. Not only did they make <laughs> Absolutely. The, the trades uh, in the offseason to get Tyreek Hill, but then on deadline day, trading not only for Bradley Chubb, but also Jeff Wilson Jr. from the San Francisco 49ers. Now that's kind of a, obviously Bradley Chubb, they traded, I, I believe, first round pick and next year's fourth for Bradley Chubb. But Jeff Wilson, I feel like, is just as big of a acquisition because Mike McDaniel, before he took the head coaching job in Miami, was the running game coordinator in San Francisco, and he just traded for a San Francisco running back. Obviously, <laughs> he obviously he plans to utilize this guy and values him very highly to trade a fifth-round pick for him. So I think that the Dolphins very clearly view themselves as contenders in the AFC, and that's why they made – these big moves, not just to complement their offense and get a well-rounded offense, but also to get a pass rusher for their defense. I know folks on the outside looking in think that Miami is now a true contender, but what say you? I, I don't think they're on the level of the Buffalo Bills. I don't think anyone really is, maybe except for the Chiefs. But I think as far as who's the third best AFC team, I think the Miami Dolphins are right there, especially after the trades they made. And once you get to the playoffs, you really just need, you know, maybe an injury or some luck. And then, boom, you can find yourself in the Super Bowl. So I think the Dolphins really have elevated themselves in the pecking order of the AFC. What teams needed to make a move and perhaps they did not? Uh, I, I could have used a move for Dallas, getting a wide receiver. Uh, I, I'm not really sure why they decided to keep the powder dry on that. I, I guess... I mean, they're still in it for the for the division, even with Philly being undefeated. They're two games back. So I, I, I would have liked to see a wide receiver to help ease the load on C.D. Lamb a little bit there. Stick around. Much more coming your way at Sports Map Radio Network, the Big East Sports Show. We're going to continue on with our Week 9 NFL coverage after this quick break. You're listening to the Big E Sports Show on the Sports Map Radio Network. From the Sports Map Radio Studios, here's Elissa Walker Campbell. Okay, welcome back. Hour two, Sports Map Radio Network, the Big E Sports Show. Before we get underway with our next segment, I'd love to hear from you. Always live on Twitter at E Radio Sports. And uh, we make it so easy. You can email the show info at e Perhaps you have some guest ideas and podcast arena where you can go back and listen to each and every one of our interviews. Right now, we're going to uh, shift gears and we're going to hit the hardwood. Uh, it is time to talk some college basketball and we're going to zero in on the North Carolina Tar 
Tar Heels and relive their thrilling run last year. Uh, so delighted to have joining us for the very first time and reflect on a team that made it further than anyone could have anticipated. And that is Adam Lucas. He's a featured columnist at GoHeels.com, the official website for UNC Athletics. Hello, Adam. Good to have you with us. Alyssa, really appreciate you having me on. Well, we're going to talk about the new book that's just been released, but what an incredible run for UNC in the month of March and advance to the championship game against Kansas. So I just have to wonder, I mean, what are the expectations coming into a brand new season? They are sky high, as you can imagine. Uh, Number one team in the country, and you've got four of the five starters back from last season. Plus you added in that fifth spot, uh, a transfer, Pete Mance from Northwestern, who's had a lot of success in the Big Ten. So uh, very high expectations for the Tar Heels this year. People will definitely freak out when they inevitably lose a game at some point because that's the kind of sport college basketball is. You're going to lose games. Uh, but hopefully Tar Heels uh, there at the end, just like they were last year when they had a great final month of the season and made it all the way to New Orleans. Okay, so the expectation is, uh, can this team return to the Final Four? We'll have to wait and see. But I just have to wonder, Adam, when we reflect on last year's run, I mean, you can see in the month of February, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, they were ranked like 35th in the nation. So what happened in the month of March? Yeah, if we had been doing this interview in mid to late January Uh last year, well, first of all, we wouldn't have been doing this interview because Uh you wouldn't have wanted to talk to me because you wouldn't have wanted to talk about the time. Come on, Adam. All right. Um, uh, Hubert Davis made some changes to the way Carolina was playing. Uh, Mm -hmm. They sort of junked the the old-style way they had been playing and went to a little more of a modern approach, which really utilized Brady Manick. Uh, who came from uh, kind of out your way out in Oklahoma yeah. and um, utilized some of his skills the best way that they possibly could, and that really opened up Carolina's offense. Uh, the defense really took a step forward in that last month. I think that was the difference in February and March. And March, Carolina really defended well. Uh, they got a lot, a lot of attention for the way they were shooting the ball, but they were also holding opponents under 40% from the field most every game, and that was at the point in the season when they were playing some really good teams, played Duke twice, played Baylor, which was a great team, played UCLA, which was a great team, uh, and just was able to hold their own. They defended on the ball so much better. That had been something Hubert Davis had been emphasizing for months. And for whatever reason, it just finally clicked in in that final month, and, and you saw the results. And the results are in uh, UNC 29-10, and 15-5 and 5 in the ACC. That is not an easy conference. And uh, the first year for Hubert Davis uh, was truly remarkable. I mean, Adam, they almost won a national championship, so uh, what an an incredible run. And, and, you know, just uh, Coach Davis, I mean, what do you appreciate about him the most? Oh, I I think you have to just appreciate the the kind of person he is almost more than the type of basketball coach he is. At least that's where it's got to start. He's been the exact same guy every day that he's been here, including when he was a player, when he was an assistant coach, and now as the head coach. Um, So it's been it's been nice to see i think it's been an adjustment for him because everybody wants five minutes of his time now which doesn't sound like much until you consider that there's a hundred people every day who want five minutes of his time yeah um so i think the kind of person he is first off but then last year i think we also learned a lot about him as a technical x and o basketball mind he made some changes over the course of that season that just completely changed the the trajectory of the year carolina was having that's not really something we're used to seeing at Carolina because the Tar Heels have played basically the same way for, for decades now. And for him to be willing to make those changes in season was a, a big adjustment that, that enabled Carolina to have the success that the Tar Heels did. 
Adam Lucas, our special guest here in Hour 2 at Sports Map Radio Network at GoHeels.com. He's one of the riders. Uh, you can check him out. Also, you have a podcast. Tell us about that, Adam. Yeah, Jen's Angel, who does our uh, radio mm-hmm. play-by-play here at Carolina and I, we co-host the Carolina Insider, which comes out every Tuesday and Friday during the season. We try to do it less often in the summertime when there's not quite as much going on, but obviously right now uh, there's a ton going on in Chapel Hill, so uh, we're, we're out there every Tuesday and Friday talking to players and coaches and whoever else is in the news with the Tar Heels. Mm-hmm, you bet we are hooping it up. We're talking Carolina basketball. Adam Lucas, our special guest at Sports Map Radio Network. And, you know, as we zero in on head coach Hubert Davis, I just the remarkable job that he was able to accomplish in, the, in his first year with his players. I just think back to, you know, adversity reveals a lot about oneself. So when, you know, there you are in the month of February, what was going, like, how did he react and respond to all the critics and uh, all the chatter out there? Well, I think what was so instrumental in the turnaround was that he really didn't respond. Uh, He was very consistent in quoting one of his favorite Bible verses with the team, which is, uh, keep your eyes straight ahead, uh, do not pay attention to all, basically what you said, to all the outside noise. And I think that was pretty influential for them because, as you know, today uh, people are in your mentions and Twitter and Instagram and all sorts of ways telling you that, that you're not performing well, which, of course, you already know. You don't need them to tell you that. Um, but I think the fact that he didn't get caught up in that was really important for last year's team and really enabled them to, to work through that and figure out how they were going to still be a good basketball team without being quite as concerned with uh, some of the outside opinions. Adam Lucas, he is the co-author of the new book. It is titled Together. You can go anywhere online and pick up a copy. The Amazing Story of Carolina's Basketball 2021-22 season. And uh, what do you reveal about this program? Uh, What do you share in there? Well, I think what Carolina fans have really enjoyed the most so far has been some of the insight to those last couple wins over Duke. Of course, Carolina won at Cameron Indoor Stadium in Coach K's last game at Cameron and then beat Duke again in the Final Four in Coach K's last game as head coach. And just hard to, hard to undersell how important those wins were to, to the Carolina fan base because it was Carolina Duke. And so to have some access to what it was like in the locker room leading up to both those games, what practice was like leading up to those games, and then some of the post-game celebration and just the way the Tar Heels celebrated those wins and responded to them, uh, that's been something that Carolina fans have really enjoyed being be, hearing more about because, honestly, I don't think Carolina fans could ever hear uh, enough about <laughs> either one of those two games because those uh-huh. are signature wins. Well, uh, the new book, Together, it takes fans through one of the most dramatic years in program history. And I have to say that uh, it really is not just for UNC fans, right? It's for anyone that loves college basketball or perhaps a sports enthusiast. Yeah, I think if you're somebody who wants to know a little more about Hubert Davis, we're in this era where there's Mm -hmm. just a a lot of kind of new age college coaches taking over from some of these coaches who have been around for forever. Roy Williams is gone. Coach K is now gone. Uh, Jim Beheim on the way out. Um, And Hubert Davis is one of that new guard that's doing things a little bit differently. And if you want to find out how that's being done and what this new generation might look like, uh, I do think this book will give you a little window into that. And there's some wonderful photographs in there as well, correct? Oh, yeah. Maggie Hobson, who travels with the team and is with them every day on and off the court, did a great job of going through all her who knows how many hundreds of thousands of of photo archives and, and giving us access to stuff people hadn't seen before. You, you've seen a lot of the on-court action stuff, but she's got really good off-court, just kind of personality-type things um, that really make this book what it is. 
GoHeels.com, GoHeels writer and author Adam Lucas is our very special guest at Sports Map Radio Network, co-author of the new book, Together. You can go anywhere online and get a copy. And But you know what? It is a college football Saturday, and so you got to give me a quick hit on UNC. Just an amazing job that Mac Brown has done. And uh, what's the South's oldest rivalry? Uh, talk about this matchup that is underway right now against Virginia. Yeah, big game for the Tar Heels because Carolina's got a chance to take even more control of the Coastal Division and potentially earn a slot in that ACC championship game. Incredible job by Mac Brown this year. Tar Heels had struggled so much winning close games and winning on the road uh, prior to this year, but they've been great on the road this year. They're at Charlottesville right now yeah. uh, as we speak, trying to beat Virginia and have, have pulled out all these close games, largely due to a coach I know you know very well, Phil Longo, who's got this yes. Tar Heel offense. It, it might be the most proficient offense we've ever seen in Chapel Hill. Drake May putting his name on some Heisman Trophy award list, potentially. Uh, Josh Downs catching the ball when Drake throws it. it they've, they've been really fun to watch, a really high-flying offense. It's amazing. 7-1 and one overall, 4-0 and all, four and oh in the ACC when we talk about UNC. Adam Lucas has been our very special guest. Again, direct all of our listeners where they can go and get a copy of the new book together. Alyssa, you can go pretty much anywhere. You can get it on Amazon.com, get it wherever you buy your books online. Uh, if you can't find it any of those places, just go find me on Twitter at JAdamLucas, and, and I've got links to it there. Um, but we'll, we'll help you find it if you're having any trouble. Okay, good stuff. Thanks so much. First time on the show. We appreciate you, Adam. Thank you. Thanks, Alyssa. You bet. Stick around. Much more coming your way here in Hour 2. Week 9 coverage continues. Uh, the midseason grades, they are in, and we're going to break it all down with Andy McNamara, National Fantasy Sports host, after this quick break. You're listening to the Big Esports Show on the Sports Map Radio Network. From the Sports Map Radio Studios, here's Elissa Walker Campbell. Hey, welcome back on this Saturday afternoon, Sports Map Radio Network, the Big E Sports Show. As always, connect with us on social media at Twitter at eRadio Sports Podcast Arena if you miss any of our interviews. And our Week 9 coverage continues. Right now we're going to focus on the NFC South and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Sunday's showdown, and I would say a must-win against the Los Angeles Rams. Our next guest is Sean Glennon, sports writer, author, you remember him. He's been on our show many times. Tom Brady versus the NFL, the case for football's greatest quarterback. I trust all as well. How are you, Sean? I'm doing really well, Lisa. How are you? Hey, I'm great. It's uh, always a fun time of year. It's hard to believe we are already at the midpoint of the NFL season. And I was kind of reflecting on, as I was organizing my thoughts, like uh, when you were on the program last time, and we were talking about how Tom Brady's career, it had officially come to an end uh, in retiring after 22 seasons in the NFL. And so um, I just have to wonder, we haven't had a chance to catch up. Like, why did he reverse his decision and announce that he's unretiring for his 23rd season? I mean, that's kind of the golden question. And I have to wonder, does he regret it? Yeah, it's kind of hard not to wonder that right now, right? As as, uh, as the Bucks continue to struggle, I, I kind of wonder. I, I, it seems like maybe he was never really going to retire um, at all. That that it was a ploy. It's, I mean, it seems fairly obvious to me that it was a ploy to get some changes made that that he uh, that he wanted made. He's got a he's in a position, I think, with the Bucks um, to demand things that that the Patriots would. Um, would have never given him or never been able to give him, and, and uh, I think he flexed. Um, he's, and he fooled us all. Well, he certainly did, and uh, it's certainly surprising to see that Brady is below 500 through, what, the first uh, seven, eight games of the season, and, it, and it's difficult. But uh, do you agree with his decision? I mean, did, I mean, 
because as an outsider looking in, it seems like he did not make the right decision. I mean, what a heartbreaking situation that, you know, his marriage is split up after more than 13 years. Yeah, and I, you know, I, obviously I have no insight into his, yeah. into his personal life beyond what anybody else has. Um, I, it's hard for me to believe that um, a marriage of, of uh, you know, that, that long a time falls apart over him not wanting to retire. Although certainly Giselle has been uh, saying things in the media about, you know, she wanted him out of the sport and it's not good for him. I just, you know, I don't know. I've been married for 21 years and, and <laughs> marriages are more, um, they're, they're more complex than that, aren't they? Um, for it's sure. not just a, you know, you stop playing or I'll leave you. I think it was sort of surprising to me. And I think we talked about this when I was here last. It was sort of su- surprising to me that, that Brady uh, had, uh, you know, decided to retire when he did, because uh, one thing I've said about him for years, and, and it's just um, just based on what I've seen, uh, you know, a lifetime of observing the the uh, the NFL and really all professional sports, the great ones never go out at the top of their game. You know, like you can make an argument about Elway leaving uh, because he had just won a Super Bowl, but even he was sort of um, in decline. Usually they go out on stretchers, and uh, it was shocking to me that Tom Brady was going to do anything else, and um, it seems like he, he got back on track for going out on a stretcher. I don't mean that literally. Yeah. He is the author of Tom Brady versus the NFL, the case for football's uh, greatest quarterback, and that is Sean Glennon. You can give a follow on Twitter at Sean Glennon. And, you know, Tom Brady, certainly what he's done at all, uh, what winning seven Super Bowls. So I just have to wonder post-career, like what is going to be next for him? Uh, from what I understand that he's agreed to join Fox Sports as a lead NFL analyst. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but one would think that, I mean, look at the success that Tony Romo has had. I think Tom Brady would be sensational. Yeah, I, I, certainly those um, you know these smart quarterbacks seem to make really good, um, really good analysts. Uh, although uh, you know, this is sort of off topic, but lately I've really been. I used to hate Chris Collingwood as a as an analyst. Oh, you I did. I come to feel like he really um, has you know grown into that role and is doing uh, and is I think doing his best work. But really, those those the quarterbacks um, because I think because of the way they see the game, um, if they can talk about it, they they really do uh, transition into the booth a lot, uh, very easily. You know, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, what about Peyton and Eli Manning? I love, uh, in fact, my entire family, we love to watch uh, on ESPN when they're breaking down Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's, uh, they're a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it's a different perspective. A couple of guys. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I said it's a different perspective and angle that they bring. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and, and, you know, I think when you grew up, I mean, they grew up with, with Archie and they, you know, they had their own careers. Like, what an amazing, broad perspective um, that, that they bring to the game. And also, I never realized this about, I mean, I think we always saw it with Eli. I never realized this about, about Peyton because he was so intense when he was playing. But, like, they, they, like they don't take each they don't take themselves uh, all that seriously. Yeah. Um, they're having fun. It's fun to watch. Oh, it absolutely is. Hey, we are so glad you're with us on this Saturday. Sports Map Radio Network, the Big East Sports Show. Sean Glennon is our special guest, author of Tom Brady versus the NFL. It is a must read, and I know it's still out there. You can go to Amazon.com and go get a copy of that. Uh, in your book, did you prove that Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the NFL past and present? Hey, I proved that uh, in in 2011. Um, I don't even I, I don't need to prove it now. We're going to do a final version of this. We, you know, we've done two volumes. Um, we're going to do a, a final one when uh, when Brady's career does end. Um, I, I don't think anybody needs me to to prove that to them at this point. But mm-hmm. I'm happy to do it. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'll do it one more time, and and it'll be the easiest I've ever done it. 
Well, Tom Brady and his uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have their first three-game losing streak. So how can they get the season back on track? How can they turn it around? And we were talking about it in studio with my producer, Sean Mapes, like uh, this is what a must-win for the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, unfortunately for them, um, I think it's also a must-win for the Rams. Like, wh- whichever team loses this game, is, I think, is going to be in real trouble. Um, and, you know, the, the, uh, the Bucs are, are fortunate enough to be, uh, to be hosting. Um, but um, uh, it's, it, I think we come out of this, uh, we, we come out of this the game tomorrow sort of um, ready to say goodbye to one of these teams. And it, which isn't to say that I think that, that the one that wins is necessarily, you know, turning their season around and going somewhere. But it just feels like it's going to be really hard for the loser to uh, to. to to get it back together. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see how this uh, particular game plays out. It is week nine in the NFL season. Hard to believe we are at the midpoint. And uh, the Indianapolis Colts will face your New England Patriots. Uh, they are four and four. What are the keys in this matchups? And kind of just, you know, summarize how the Patriots season has uh, played out so far. Yeah, the Patriots season has been, um, it's been really hard to, to get your head around um, uh, sort of as an observer because it's so different from uh, from what we're used to seeing to them. It, you know, it has shades of uh, of Brady's second uh, season, the 2001, uh, 2002 season, excuse me, uh, you know, Brady's second year as, mm-hmm. as the starter. Um, though, you know, obviously there's been some injury concerns. It's a, it's a different, it feels like it's a different team every week. And we used to say that and, and mean that it's a good thing. You know, like they, 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 uh, they changed their offense and their defense to sort of match up with their opponent. Um, this year, it really feels like they're trying to find an identity, um, which we're not used to seeing with, with Bill Belichick's Patriots. Um, and, uh, and, and there are these moments where you go like they've got it. They know who you know. They know what their strengths are, and they're going to start tearing it up. And and then um, you know, and, the, and then they take a big step back. I, I think this one seems like a game that they have. It, it, not like that they have to win. Like it's a must win. But like with the Colts and the, it, it, experiencing the kind of disarray that they're in, um, if you know, if you sort of can't handle them, um, it, it gets it gets really hard to see a sort of a path to a successful season. Um, and maybe you, you then start to think, well, this is a rebuilding year or something. Well, the Patriots, they will face a stout a Colts defense. It's been really good. But uh, I want to talk about the quarterback position with the Patriots, a bit of a quarterback controversy going on in uh, 2022. So give us your impressions of Mac Jones and uh, just how he attacks the field. Yeah, and, and we haven't seen a quarterback controversy in these parts in a long time. <laughs> it's been interesting to, to, yeah. to watch. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Mac... It, it seemed like before the injury, um, I know that there was, the, I, mm-hmm. you may not be all this aware, but in the end of the home crowd, had um, had a lot of frustrations with Mac, um, and, I, and I thought that they were, um, I thought that they were off the mark. I thought that, that Mac was showing progression, you know, I mean, even Tom Brady in his, uh, in his second season as a starter, um, wasn't really that Tom Brady that we talk about now, um, and uh, so, you know, Mac was showing a little bit of that sort of soft, sophomore, you know, do we call it a slump, whatever, that yeah. sophomore dip, um, but um, you know he's got great vision for the field. Um, you know, people criticize his arm strength, but I, I see him, you know, completing some really, um, <laughs> some really deep passes. Um, and uh, then, then it's, it, it just seems like that injury um, by uh, sort of forcing him to sit for a few weeks 
uh, you know, a little bit of rust built up there and maybe a little bit of uh, tentativeness. He looked a lot better last week. Um, the fact that the that the fans in New England got really excited about Zappi, um, who was a, a lot of fun to watch and I think has a, you know, potentially has a great future as a quarterback in the NFL, um, can have helped a young guy's uh, confidence. That's the problem with uh, quarterback controversies and that whole old saying about if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any, um, really sort of comes up. Um, but I, it, it seems like, you know, Mac has, has, has had enough, um, uh, I don't know what I want to say, uh, adversity in his uh, college career and so far in his pro career that, you know, if he can sort of step through it, um, I think he can prove himself to the fans here. Colts and the Patriots, of course, they are 4-4, four and four, uh, noon kickoff, and uh, Sam Ellinger, uh, his starting debut last week with the Colts, uh, a lot of promising moments, so that's going to be uh, fascinating to watch. Obviously, the atmosphere was not too big for him. He embraced it and made the most of his very special opportunity, and when I think of the Patriots, they've just got to minimize those turnovers and uh, be a little bit better with that this week. Our special guest has been Sean Glennon, author of Tom Brady versus the NFL. We look forward to another release, another book that will be coming out real soon. Give him a follow on Twitter at Sean Glennon. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Melissa. You bet. It's been stick, great to be here. Absolutely. Stick around. Much more coming your way. You're listening to the Big E Sports Show on the Sports Map Radio Network. From the Sports Map Radio Studios, here's Elissa Walker Campbell. Hey, what a great way to kick off your weekend. We are so glad you're with us on this Saturday. Sports Map Radio Network and the Big E Sports Show love to connect, always live on Twitter at eRadio Sports. And of course, as always, you can go back and listen to each and every one of our interviews at podcastarena.com. Well, our week nine NFL coverage does continue. Several teams we're going to have our conversation on. Plus, our next guest will weigh in on some of the biggest trades that went down on Tuesday. And we are always so delighted to welcome back. He is a regular on our show, National Fantasy Sports host, and that is the great Andy McNamara. Great to be back on with you. Absolutely. Well, it's good to have you on, and certainly the dust has settled, and there was a record 10 trades that went down on Tuesday. So which team walked away with the most impactful trade? It was the the craziest NFL trade deadline, I think, ever. It's like the NFL finally was like, oh, trade deadlines can make money and are fun like the other sports. Let's do that. And they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if we look at there's there's several candidates. I'm the biggest winner. You got to go with the Miami Dolphins getting Bradley Chubb. Yes. And you got the extension. He's going to be with the team five, six more years. Big money. Gave up next to nothing. You gave up Chase Edmonds, who you weren't using in your backfield anyway. Um, Broncos did get a first round pick, you know, so you gave up something for the now, which is interesting for the Dolphins because they're in that tweener stage. The Bills are the cream of the crop in the East, uh-huh. but the wild card spots are wide open. If you look up the AFC, just totally wide open. So the Dolphins clearly feel with Tua, with Tyreek Hill, who they went all in on the offseason as well. They're ready to make a push at this thing. So I thought that was one of the more interesting ones to get a, a potential game wrecker in Bradley Chubb. Okay, so you mentioned uh, Miami adding Bradley Chubb, made the trade with Denver. Uh, is Miami now a true contender? I think yes. Like, I want to see, I still want to see how Tua progresses over the night. I'm not truly sold. I thought the two quarterbacks that had maybe the most improved this year coming in were Jalen Hurts and Tua because both their teams had draft capital or could acquire draft capital to move on if need be, uh, be in a deep quarterback draft class coming up. The Eagles, I think, have their answer. Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal. 
Tua had the scary concussion stuff, so, you know, not his fault, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's still a little bit in between. So I say they certainly have all the pieces around to be a contender. My question still is Tua the quarterback to get them where they need to be. Hey, glad you're with us. Sports Map Radio Network, the Big E Sports Show. We are going on -on one-on-one with National Fantasy Sports host, and that is Andy McNamara. You can give him a follow at AndyMC81. We want to pause and have you connect. Uh, Where else can they find all of your stuff online, Andy? Oh, uh, Alyssa, man, you can get me Sunday mornings, uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern on the Fired Up Network. I got a new show there. Oh, that's right. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's on like it's on literally over 200 platforms. So you can watch it. Sweet. Hear it anywhere on the app. And then I have a a new also Cleveland Browns slash fantasy football embedding show Tuesdays and Fridays on the Sick Media Network at Sick Pod Browns on Twitter. So. Check those out. Even if you're not a Browns fan, there's stuff for you for fantasy football and betting. Okay, so we are highlighting some of the biggest trades that went down on Tuesday. We just talked about Bradley Chubb and uh, his new destination in Miami. But which teams had the mindset of win now? That was the top top priority as opposed to win later. Yeah, so, you know, the Dolphins go in on that. The Vikings, I think. Interesting interdivision move okay. as well with the Lions to acquire TJ Hawkinson. That's a difference maker right there. And my mind immediately goes to the fantasy football side where it's like, man, that is such a thin position group anyway, the tight end spot for fantasy contributors. But Irv Smith Jr. went on IR, so the Vikings needed some help there. This is a big-time move. I don't think enough people are talking about this, Alyssa, for Justin Jefferson. He has been obviously targeted. He's had a roller coaster season results-wise because teams can double-team him. Teams can put their best guys on him. Well, because Adam Thielen's on the decline. So now you still have Adam Thielen floating around, but now you have to, at a different spot, you have to worry about T.J. Hawkinson, who can be on the field to block but also catch. So this is a great, great move for the Vikings, who all of a sudden, I don't think anybody thought that the Green Bay Packers wouldn't be at least near the top of the division. I think, Alyssa, now the Vikings are looking around like, <laughs> oh, oh, man, uh, we, we got to do something right now. This is Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. So the Vikings are, I think, uh, as all in as they can be. Okay, so you mentioned the Vikings, but also the Packers. Uh, is their season, is it finished already? I mean, this is a must-win weekend, yes? It really is. It really is. Um, I'm seeing no, like, my mind goes, like, it's Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, he should. But that departure of Devontae Adams has been more significant than anybody could have imagined. Like, uh, the ball to be distributed elsewhere. I thought, okay, how's that going to play out? Whatever. And, and it's still Aaron Rodgers. But it, the Devontae Adams move has completely collapsed. The Packers collapsed. They can't. Their young receivers aren't doing it. Aaron Rodgers is calling everybody up. That's not working. The defense is average at best, and there's just not much going on. So yes, you don't win this weekend. You're looking around and thinking, uh, okay, I guess. Like, how do you rebuild? Like Jordan Love, terrible draft pick. I said on draft pick a few years ago, Alyssa, terrible. That was a horrible draft pick. That team does not know how to draft wide receivers or build around its star quarterback. So uh, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. I don't know what that looks like in Green Bay. It is week nine of the NFL regular season. Several compelling matchups set for tomorrow. The Bills and the Jets, the Colts and the Patriots, Titans and the Chiefs. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later in the hour. But uh, I know the Cowboys, they've got a bye uh, this week. Can they reach the Super Bowl with this current roster? They enter this bye week six and two and second in the NFC East. I, I think the Cowboys are in a great spot. And the reason is because you got... A, not just from Cooper Rush, but the game planning. I thought, you know, we all dump on Coach McCarthy, and quite often rightfully so. However, uh, how that was managed, that whole situation, that whole offense, 
and not putting too much on Cooper Rush and keeping that that team not just afloat but moving forward while Dak Prescott was off, I thought was phenomenal. And now you're in a position where you can have Dalton Schultz coming back a bit more healthy. Dak Prescott get into a groove. And you have the Eagles, which are obviously, you know, uh, have been having a great season. Yeah. But now you look at the, the Cowboys. Okay, can they hit their stride at this halfway point? You know, and, and start going. I think they absolutely can. You have the pieces to do it. The defense is terrific. And all the pieces are right there. You can stay healthy. Dak Prescott gets, remember too, Dak Prescott has a few weeks off from not getting beat up. So you get that little extra bonus, too. So Cowboys, to me, terrific spot. It's going to be a one-two punch battle between them and the Eagles. But do the Cowboys have enough offensively to get it done? Because you have to wonder, I mean, should they have made more moves or added some more pieces uh, at the trade deadline? There was some talk about that. Yeah, you know what? You could always add. You know, you can always second guess. Um, I think if you look at the Cowboys, you think of it this way. Okay, you got C.D. Lamb, who's your stud. Michael Gallup has proven yeah. when healthy. and he's, mm-hmm. he's still working his way back into game shape. Uh, proven to be a, a, a really good, reliable number two. Noah Brown popped a little bit as well. Dalton Schultz, who I said, you get him back healthy. That's one of the best offensive tight ends in football. Now Zeke Elliott has to, to come back uh, and, and be that, that combo catch-run guy that we know. You have Tony Pollard. I'm listing off a whole bunch of names here, and I'm feeling pretty confident. Could the offensive line be better? Sure. Is it good enough with a healthy Dak who can be mobile and move around and escape pressure? I think so. So you could always make moves, but I think the pieces are there. Losing Amari Cooper certainly hurts the depth chart um, going to the, to the Browns, and, who, and he's having a great season. Um, but everything else looks to be in place. You just have to, I think, get maybe another week of back into health. This bye week's coming at a great time. And hit the, coming out of the bye week in full go. I think you're going to be okay. And I think for all of us Cowboy fans, we have got to feel good about the progression of Dak, uh, you know, since his return, coming off that yeah. injury. And like you said, it's all about timing, right? What better week to have a bye and let these guys really get rested up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get everybody rested up. But I like the timing as well because it's not like coming off the bye, he's just going to be coming back off of injury. And same with Dalton Schultz or whatever, right? They've had that little bit of, okay, shake off, whatever you want to call it, rust or back from the injury. Now you can regroup, you can rest, you've done that, and now you can get kicking um, in at least a wild card spot and battling it out with the uh, with the Eagles. And let's let's look look at the Packers. We just talked about them; mm-hmm. they're, they're scaring nobody. That's in Lambo. So what? Uh, then you got the Vikings. That's going to be tough. Giants, nice record, but I, I still think that's a bit of a mirage. You can beat them. Colts stink. Texans stink. Jaguars stink. And then you got the Eagles <laughs> again. Christmas Day. Uh-huh. You got a pass right there. Oh, it's not fan the picture. There's a pass right there. You just got to don't hold back. One game, one game striking distance for Christmas Eve against the Eagles, and that division can still be the Cowboys. Andy McNamara, National Fantasy Sports host. Hey, listen, one of the questions I've got to ask you while you're on the program uh, this afternoon is, uh, what team is going to land Odell? Oh boy, well I'm hearing Buffalo Bills. I'm hearing what Giants reuniting with the Giants. Uh, I heard Vikings a little bit. I think that's probably out now with the Hawkinson. To be honest, Alyssa, if I'm a team, I don't want any part of Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. I don't want a P- and I, I know people say, oh, look, he helped the Rams win the Super Bowl. That's fine, but he's a headache if things don't exactly go his way. If I'm the Buffalo Bills, why am I messing? Why am I messing with what I got? You have enough options that can go run deep. Odell coming off a second serious ACL injury back-to-back. Like, this is not a player you need uh, if you're the Buffalo Bills who you know been the latest ones. For the Giants, like, 
guys, are they, do you really think you're making the playoffs? Is Odell really going to help you with Daniel Jones? Well, Odell's dad threw Baker under the bus, and Baker Mayfield's better than Daniel Jones. So what if Daniel Jones doesn't get him the ball? It's, to me, it's too much of a headache. He'll go somewhere, but I don't see with those injuries and where he's at in his career, Odell Beckham Jr. being a difference maker for anybody outside of the odd flash play here and there. Okay, let's put a positive spin on this. Who might be the best fit and uh, perhaps he can rehabilitate um, his reputation? That's interesting. If you can tell, Alyssa, I'm not an Odell fan. Um, <laughs> Senator the Cowboys, but, right? But I don't, if, you know what? If I'm the Cowboys again, I don't want Odell. Yeah. I don't want that to, to mess up that, that type of chemistry that I think you're building back. So where could you go? You know what? Heck, if look, we talked about the Packers, why not go, go for the Hail Mary? Because if you get Odell and you get him at the right attitude and you get him healthy with Aaron Rodgers, Maybe you can create some magic. So, heck, let's get nuts. George Costanza, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's go with Odell to Green Bay, and let's see those two personalities go at each other. Because I think if everything goes right, Uh put on paper and everything lined up, Packers, and I haven't heard anybody (sighs) talk about that, Mm -hmm. but Packers and Odell could be really interesting. Okay, so the Packers, they're definitely looking for a spark, uh, but has a Super Bowl window closed for Aaron Rodgers? I, I think so. Alyssa, like, boy, each of the last couple of years, it sounds like he's going to retire. And now, you know, he had that extension. So is he going to retire after this year? What, I I guess this way, what confidence can people look at the Packers management team, front office, whatever, and say, oh, they're going to figure this out. They're going to get this this right. They haven't done anything to do that. Um, And there's a lot of problems there. So I think that window has closed. And it's bizarre. For the embarrassment of riches, they have had a back-to-back with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for the Packers to only have two Super Bowls out of that, one each. Um, seems like missed opportunities, you know? So I, I think, yes, unless something completely drastic is done and a total overhaul, which is not how they do things in Green Bay, I think that window is probably shutting. Our NFL News and Notes continues with Andy McNamara after this quick break. <sighs> You're listening to the Big E Sports Show on the Sports Map Radio Network. From the Sports Map Radio Studios, here's Elissa Walker Campbell. Hey, we're wrapping up our time. Andy McNamara, National Fantasy Sports host. Check him out on Twitter at UFF Sports. You can give him a follow at AndyMC81. And, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, uh, what's at stake for the Buccaneers this weekend as they face the three and four Rams and uh, host them 425 Eastern Time kickoff? Boy, I, I think this is a fascinating game for both teams, really, right? Because you look at the Rams, uh, as you said, three and four, um, defending champs. They're, they're in limbo. Tom Brady, three and five. What's happening there, right? This is a prove it game for both of these teams of where are you going to go in the NFC, which is still pretty wide open. Like if you look at the, the NFC outside of, let's say, the Eagles and Cowboys. Anybody really seem like a threat? Like Minnesota Vikings, all right, Kirk Cousins, you put him in a primetime spot. We know he, uh, you, you know, he, he melts. So I'm not buying that. If, 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 NFC South is a wash. Uh, NFC West, Seattle, that's fun. San Francisco scares me a bit with Christian McCaffrey coming in. But for the Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is a chance to get back into that wild card conversation and sort of try to reestablish yourself. I think it's going to be very interesting. We're used to Tom Brady back up against the wall to, to get things done. Well, he had that situation last week. Didn't happen. Now you're facing a Rams team in a similar situation. For positioning, playoffs, and storyline-wise, that game is going to be 
fascinating to keep track of. Um, and honestly, Alyssa, I don't know which way that one's going to go. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't lay any, any dollars on that one. I would just watch that for entertaining uh, purposes and see what you get between Stafford and Brady. Um, and Tampa Bay, I think, is favored only by like uh, three points. So it's pretty much a pick em. So what were your expectations for the Buccaneers coming into this season? Because they have their first three-game losing streak, and no. the train is off the tracks. I mean, Tom Brady, you have to wonder if he has some, uh, you know, uh, regret on, you know, coming out of retirement because it's a mess. Boy, it is. And you know what, Alyssa, you see, and I don't know how many of your listeners have been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I've been a, a few times. You see almost to a man, almost to a man, all these great players, and they list their accomplishments and the teams. And it's 10 years with this team, and then one other team. Five years with it, and then one other. Like Emmett Smith with the Arizona Cardinals at the end. It almost seems like all the greats have to have it proven to themselves that they're done, right? You have right. to see... But, you know, Michael Jordan, I saw Michael Jordan play with the Wizards. That wasn't Michael Jordan, but he had to do it to prove to himself. So I think maybe that's it for Tom Brady. Now he's seeing, okay, father time finally got me. All the avocado and whatever stuff he does with the skin. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, and my, I guess it's not, you know, maybe maybe Giselle was the uh, the magic uh, uh, formula for it. Now she's gone. So I, I don't know. But it's um, you still have the pieces there, all the offenses there. But you're – Injuries. Remember, too, a lot of injuries in and out of line. Tough to get in a groove. They got to win this game to me the more I think of it. They got to win this game this weekend and then say, hey, you know what? Now let's hit our stride. Because if anything, you just got to get into the playoffs. Tom Brady gets into the playoffs. I'm not betting against him, but he's got a way to go to get there. Good stuff. Uh, National Fantasy Sports host. Give him a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. Also at UFF Sports. And that is Andy McNamara. Always a true pleasure. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the coverage. Uh, here we are at the midseason of the NFL. That is hard to believe, Andy. I know. Alyssa, thank you so much. Anytime. Always a pleasure. And uh, everybody enjoy the game. That, of course, was Andy McNamara that joins us at SportsMap Radio Network. Give him a follow at AndyMC81 and at UFF Sports. A big thank you to all of our amazing guests and our lineup. Of course, 